I also have you in the front of that again too. So just like just right right at this point. Alright. I know we can't reach you there. Uh, so that's fine. And you obviously can't hear the music either. What's up, everybody? Super Bowl 58 is over. Patrick Mahomes is a third Super Bowl champion, a third Super Bowl MVP. You can't make this shit up. We have to start today with something even more crazy than the Super Bowl win for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's this man winning on Nick Taylor at plus 17,000 in the Waste Management Open. I bet you none of you guys cared about that tournament because you were so focused on the Super Bowl. Welcome into the All Day Everyday Show with All Day AJ and Manny Ruffin. Huge Sunday. Congratulations to you, sir. Gosh, Thank gosh, you for coming gosh, in to close out this like final NFL show. You've been with us for almost practically the entire season. So huge appreciation for you, um, like we say every time. Um, but, dude, like, congratulations. This is fucking insane. You're on dude. a heater. You almost won 400 grand. Now the 17,000 Nick Teller win. Just give me the thoughts. How are we feeling? A uh, little hungover. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> definitely, for sure. definitely a little hungover. Um, yeah, I didn't really mind missing most of, like, the first half of the Super Bowl because it was, it was pretty damn boring, oh, I think. Well, for, I saw, like, for, for, for a lot beginning. of the tweets were, like, you, like your tweet. I, I think it was, like, when Roger Goodell was, like, talking to Taylor Swift in the booth. And you're like, hey, you ever heard of Nick Taylor? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, it was uh, it was as electric as it could have possibly been. I mean, look, the, the last time I was here, we talked about sort of plans post-NFL. I right. mentioned we're going to be getting heavy into golf. And, you know, just one of the things I said was I just – I still think the best – best sports betting experience in terms of just the like adrenaline rush and the entertainment factor. I've always said, I think it's having, you know, a goth long shot in the mix on a Sunday. And I guess to be able to kind of manifest that into, uh, I was just going to say, you literally spoke it into existence. You said the best part about golf betting. If it's a, if it's not a two touchdown guy, I don't want the two touchdown guy. If my guy's in the mix on Sunday, like give me that. And you got everything you asked for, and Down came back. To I was go. just gonna say, dude, it uh, it already it was gonna be sweaty anyway because you know it's a it's one hundred and seventy to one long shot, <laughs> and then it was so unnecessarily sweaty down the stretch. I mean, it was it was just downright insane. Um, I mean, want to just get into the round? I mean, yeah, let's was, well, let's let's go from we can talk about the round. Let's go just for for obviously us, but for everybody watching, like. Take us through the thought process of how you even get to finding a plus 17,000 and even just on top of that, finding a winner to win an event. I think that's the hardest thing as well, even if it's a plus 2,000, but let alone this was plus 17,000 and you found the winner. I think that's one of the hardest things if you're going to bet on golf is to actually pick a guy before the tournament starts. Everybody can bet on Sunday. Oh, this guy's, you know, maybe he's plus 340. How do you find that guy at the beginning of the week to to pick as, as your winner? So like up until... You know, I guess now including this week, it's been nothing but long shots for the the you know the the golf winners so far this year. Like mm-hmm. Chris Cook, Chris, uh, Chris Kirk was like two hundred to one. Grayson Mary was like three fifty to one. Wyndham Clark was a hundred to one last week. So it, it's been long shot season. And to be honest, I thought if if any tournament was going to break that trend, I thought it was going to be this tournament. Like I was, I was really nervous about Scotty. Like I think Scotty pre tournament, especially after Xander withdrew, he was like plus four hundred. And like I'm never mm-hmm. going to bet that, but like. I, I didn't necessarily think it was a bad number. I mean, he was going for the three-peat. Yeah. He looked really, really dialed in the, the last round that he played at Pebble. He actually put it well at Pebble. So mm-hmm. um, I just look, if, you know, it's been long shot season, you got to put a couple of darts out there. And uh, on Nick Taylor specifically, I, I got to give credit to my man Pieces. I, I, I think I, talk, I, I talked about him in my tweet. Um, Moody Gang has just been going nuts. Um, Nick, Nick Taylor was his, was his suggestion. And what's been fun is, like, with the success we've had with golf, I mean, obviously – 
you know, the Nick Taylor win was pretty sick, but we've been, we've been doing pretty well the last couple of weeks on just like round scores and other just sort of like simpler props, if you will. So our golf chat has been insane. Okay. Just been going crazy the, the, the last few weeks. And there's a couple of really sharp dudes in there. And this one guy pieces, like, I don't think he's ever sent a message in any other chat in movie gang. He doesn't talk in the main chat. He's just, he, he lives in golf. Um, and on, on Tuesday, he, he pretty much just sent a bunch of stats on Nick Taylor and said, Hey, I think we got to, we got to add him to the cart. So I looked into it a little more. I liked what I saw, and he was the third guy at it. I put three out. I fired three outrights. It was uh, Kevin Yu, who had an okay first round, and then uh, we cashed him out. Like I think we got like ninety percent of our money back. I was just like, look, I I think he's dead. Let's we'll just take let's just take our money back there. Uh, I did fire Grayson Murray. He was dead on arrival, and then my third was my third was Nick Taylor. So pieces put the idea in my head for sure. And you know, as I looked into it further, it just it it, it was a really good spot. Um, he took second here last year. Uh, I think the weird part was I think. Going into the final round last year, he was in first and Scotty was in second, and it kind of lined up the same way. Same way, yeah. Same way uh, coming into this one. Um, in good form, the guys won tournaments before. You know, he won the he won the Canadian Open. Uh, he, he's he, he's Canadian. He won the Canadian Open in like a dramatic playoff last year. So like the guy knows how to win tournaments. Um, and then when you look at uh like just sort of like the form that he's been in, uh. He didn't play all that great at Pebble. Um, his first two rounds of Pebble were pretty bad, but then he had a great third round. Like his ball striking numbers were really good. I, I again, I think if you look at Pebble, I think he finished like T seventy two or whatever. But just the underlying data said he, he had a really good third round. It looked like he was just kind of finding something. So, you know, with coming off of that round, going into a course that again he's had success with, took second last year, and he lives in Scottsdale. So he's Canadian, but he's lived in Scottsdale the last twelve years. This is his, for better or worse, it's like his home track. So. It just it felt like a disrespectful number. Like I don't think he should have been lower than like a hundred. But I think when pieces pieces called him out, I think he was I think he was two hundred. So um, he just said, "Look at two hundred. This just feel, this just feels insane." So, Where do you like find the talking about like you know the outrights? How do you decipher which one to take when you get all this information? Take this guy. Take that guy. Take this guy. Take that guy. Where do you find like the ability to decipher which ones to take because you're seeing so many? Yeah, it's just uh. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Um, you know, you can you can look at yeah, there's there's an infinite amount of data out there that'll tell you just sort of the form guys are in, and then from there it just it just it's a, it's a little bit of gut. I mean, like it's it's just it's really hard to win golf tournaments. There's a lot of great golfers out there that have just never won. They've played well, they've been in the hunt, but yeah, when when push comes to shove, like you're gripping that putter just a little tighter on Sunday. And I just prioritize guys that have won before and you know haven't really been worried about the moment and. Nick Taylor needed that, like that kind of attitude yesterday because, yeah. like, if you watch, if if you've been tracking him like like as aggressively as I have, really just for the last three rounds, like it's downright insane, insane that he won this tournament. I mean, there was four or five different moments where like I feel like most other golfers would have just would have just fell apart. You know, there with the weather delays this week. I mean, you know, he played like his rounds were just sort of like jumbled, if you will. I mean, it was just there was a lot of stop and start. So coming into yesterday, you know, he had like half of his third round left, and they were going to go right in right into round four. And I didn't love that when they when they called it for darkness. You know, midway through the third round, he had like a six footer left for par. And when that happens, and they blow the horn, you have the option to finish the hole that you're on, or you can just you know mark your ball and pick back up. And I wanted him to just put it out right there. Mm-hmm. Like starting the day with to a make a grimy six foot. Yeah, just a you know, a grimy little six foot tester for par. I'm like, do you really want to start your day with that? But again, I you know, I'm not out there hitting the ball, so I I trust him. 
So I, th- I think that was on like the, the the par three seventh. That was that was his starting his third round yesterday, and he, he missed it. He he bogeyed that, parred the next hole, and then I think had his his only three putt of the entire tournament was on number nine, and he he, he bogeyed that. So he's two over in his first three holes on the restart for round three, and it's just like. You can just you can see this going in a, in a bad direction really quickly, and then on the tenth hole he came out and he hit a fifty footer for birdie, and then he birdied I think three of his last five holes, closed in thirty two, went into the went into the final round tied with uh, Sahith at, at fifteen under, and I think they were both fifteen under. I think Hoffman was at fourteen after the crazy round three he had, and he got Scotty at thirteen, who just was was making was making everything. So going into the fourth round, I was more worried about Scotty than anybody else. You get into the fourth round and. His first five holes were objectively shaky. terrible. Mm-hmm. Like really, really, really shaky. He had to he had to grind out pars on I think on his first five holes. Like first hole, you know, shanked his tee shot. He couldn't hit his driver for shit. Like in really on the, on the front nine yesterday. Um, and then you get to the third hole, which is a you know it's a it's a gettable par five. And you're looking at that like all right, like I think I think when he goes to the third hole. He's still even on the day. I think Scotty at this point was already four under through his first five. So it's like, dude, like, like this has to be this is this this has to be a birdie here. He misses his tee shot right, like he kept doing, and it landed in a cactus, like in a cactus. He had to take an unplayable penalty stroke. He hits like a little stinger out of the rough, lands it in the bunker, 125 feet out. So now he's 125 out uh, yards. Out. He's 125 out from the bunker, hitting four sticks at the two feet makes yeah. makes par and it's like the fact that we're even par right now is still yeah still yeah. then you get then uh and then i think the the next hole misses again it's like a long par four like you can't miss this fairway or it's like an auto bogey and he hit like this this really really low like five iron stinger that just ran ran all the way up to middle of the green two putt and then i think the first fairway he hit of the round was on was on number six that's wild st- uh stuck his approach to two feet tapping birdie Went to number seven, long par three. I think it was the toughest hole in the course yesterday. Just flushed his tee shot, made birdie there. And then I think he birdied, I believe he birdied nine. Yeah. So he just, he started to find it. And then fast forward, you get to the 15th hole. And 15th hole is, again, it's an easy par five. Just another hole that just, it just has to be a birdie. And he's three strokes back. At the time, Hoffman is 21 under. And I think he's still in the course. Um, and just my mindset was like, just Hoffman can't get to 22. I mean, mm-hmm. It's already in pretty bad shape. I wish I could have seen what his like what his live odds would have been going into the fifteenth, because like it it had to have been pretty juicy even then. I mean, you're down three with four to play, and something really interesting happened on the fifteenth. So it's it's a it's a par five, but you you can get there in two if if you hit a good tee shot. And he hits a really good tee shot. It was you know one of his only good drives of the day, um, and then he laid up. He laid up to like I think he left himself like like fifty in and like I think he was only two thirty two forty out like he he could have gotten it there and you just think in that moment you know you, you I don't know if he knew exactly how many strokes he needed but I just expect him to be a little more a little more aggressive there and he laid up and you could the announcers were shocked by that mm-hmm. right and it was pretty cool in his in his post game um it was one of the first questions he got asked was laying up on 15 and he's like yeah it wasn't even a discussion like we just wow. he's like our rule of thumb the last couple of years is if we got to hit a four iron into a green we don't do it he's like i've been flushing my wedges i knew that i had to make birdie and i thought that laying up and you know sticking a wedge in there was probably my best bet so he does exactly that uh birdies 15 goes to the par 3 16th just just absolutely flushes one of the best shots i've seen into 16 all day makes birdie there he's one back I think it's a 17 and knowing that you got a birdie either 17 or 18 like 
you're going to birdie one of them, 17's the, the easier hole to do it. 100%. Short, it's a sh- short par four. Hits a great, it's a great tee shot, um, you know, just off the right side of the green. And then I think he stuck his approach to like 15 feet. I think he thought it was going to roll out a little more. But again, another question he got asked about was just like how aggressive were you going at that? And just where the pin was, if you miss long, it's just going to roll off the back and go into the water. And he's right. just like, I, you know, I, I wanted to... I don't want to lose the tournament right there. He's mm-hmm. like, I'd rather give myself a, you know, maybe more of a conservative look. And if not, I still, I still have, a, you know, I still have the shot on 18. So he just missed it, you know, balled it and roll in. You get to the 18th, and I mean, the the first time playing 18 was just was just electric. He missed his tee shot right again for like the thousandth time. He's in the rough, hits just an absolutely beautiful approach uh, into the 18th green, and he's got like a slippery downhill nine footer, and. The, the camera angle like on the broadcast is pretty weird you couldn't really you couldn't really see like it was a little off to the sides so you couldn't really see the track of the ball too well and again I've now watched this replay like 15 times I can't believe that ball snuck in the hole I mean it just it, it just it just barely gets in there and I did I felt really good going into the playoff um I had I hedged on Hoffman I told everyone in discord like hey we're going to a playoff if you're not watching you're probably watching the Super Bowl like here's the situation we're going into a sudden death playoff hole um if you want to guarantee money, don't cash out. Just hedge Hoffman. It's probably it's just like you know, it's, it's a slightly better Very use of smart. money. Yeah. Very so smart. so I did. I, I I told them, look, like like with cash out stuff, it's tricky. Like I feel like it's my job to at least let people know that the options are there. Right. But people are like, hey, what should I do? It's like I mean, dude, I don't know. Like I can't tell you. It's do it's, you want to guarantee money or do you want to sweat out? Yeah. Like know, it's every, everyone's got their own sort of risk profile. Like all I can For do sure. is say, hey, here's what I'm doing. Here are what your options are it's it's kind of up to you to make your decision. So I did. I you know, if if Taylor won, it was gonna pay out eighteen grand. So I put two grand on Charlie just to get something out get of something it. Back. If, yeah, yeah. If, if if Charlie happened to do it. Um and then I mean the rest is history. They played eighteen twice. He birdied it birdied it both times. And if you count the two playoff holes, he ended up birdying five of his last six holes right. and just made a, a shitload of putts. Can you like just talk about like, you know, you cannot make this shit up. Like you talk about manifesting what you said last week or two weeks ago and it literally happened like you couldn't have wrote the script any better you go to a playoff to sweat out for a, a plus seventeen thousand. you cannot make this shit up i mean i'm telling you man there's there's nothing more electric than than having a situation like that and that was that situation times a, a thousand because really i mean every single shot you're you're, everything. Everything. Yeah, every single shot. Like when he stuck his approach on number six to two feet into the tap in, I'm like, I'm going nuts. I was at my parents' house before I went to uh, you know, my, my sister and brother in law's house for Super Bowl. Um, then he, you know, followed it up with another birdie on seven. And I'm like, you know, again, and my mom's like, Oh, how much is left? I'm like, probably two full hours of golf. She goes, Oh, like, all right, you you you're celebrating like you know, like it's about to end. I'm like, well, we needed that one. Yeah, you know, like, it would have ended if I didn't get that one. You know, yeah. That's that's when that's when we, that's when we need it. But I'm telling you, man, he saved this entire tournament. Uh, the I guess it would have been. I think it was the tenth hole in round three. Again, he was coming off two bogeys and he drained a 50 footer. And that was a story of his tournament. I mean, the guy just was unconscious with the putter. It's like, you know, if you as as a golfer, you know that like there's nothing worse than like an eight footer for par. Like they're just they just feel so much longer. He made every single par save that he needed throughout the weekend and again when you ended up when you end up winning by one in a playoff like well you, you needed every single one of them well let's talk about you know outside of the golf the tournament itself what did you think about you know the suspensions of the the alcohol sales and how crazy you know all the the fans sliding down you know tarps off sliding in the mud how crazy the fans were i think you can put this waste management 
above most, if not all, in terms of just the craziness from the fans. And like we were talking about before, it seemed like most of those people were just there to get shit-faced instead of actually watch golf. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it's definitely a tricky spot for for the tour, right? Because it's it's now become one of these one of the marquee events. You know, they call it the People's Open. It gets a lot of eyeballs. It it's it it's a different change of pace of sort of what what, what typical golf is. But there's a balance there somewhere, right? And it's like some of the players love it, but you can tell. I I I feel like just it, it was just rowdier, a lot more rowdy oh, yeah. this year than in years past. Because you could a lot of players were getting pissed off. I even saw like Benny on. I think tweeted like just it was. He did tweet. He tweeted that it was just it was it was a total total shit show. You saw Spieth yelling at people. You saw, I saw Billy Horschel yelling at somebody. Zach Johnson. Yeah, Zach Johnson. So like. You know, there's got to be a way to keep it fun and keep that atmosphere, but maybe just come down harder, you know, on fans that are overdoing it, like yelling it back. I mean, there's stuff you can't have that. Oh, that was unreal. But, but you know, dude, at the same time, though, it's like the tour is leaned into this, right? Yeah. It's like they've leaned into this party atmosphere. They've sort of circled it as like this this unique event, and that's what's made it that's what's made it fun. And then I think like the flip side of that is, you know, like a lot of the players love it and they, they they really lean into it like nick taylor flat out said he's like dude i feel like the louder it got the more the more dialed i got he's like you know when I, when I won the canadian open he goes it was you know it was rowdy it was loud people were just jacked up because that. you know they wanted the local canadian to, to finally win this thing and he's like you know the the energy there i think really gave me you know gave me a little extra so you take the good with the bad um i just think like you know you can have that atmosphere without fans yelling in backswings, but that then how? But how do you rein that in when you're advertising it as the the, the party event, right? You made I, your bed. I, it's exactly you've you've made your bed. Um, so I, I'd be pretty shocked if to see any you know major changes coming from this because I mean you look at the attendance on Saturday. I'm sure they're looking at that. Like they said they stopped like you know counting how many people go in, but they just said it was well over two hundred thousand. Which is just unreal, and you know, like a lot of people, you see the lines out the door at like five thirty in the morning just to get to sixteen. Just for me, and we were talking about this before. Like, I don't know if I would, if I were to go there, I don't know if I would want to just go post about one hole. Don't you want to see the actual golf course that you're like? You're not. These are like what you said. The best of the best are playing this course. Like you're gonna go post up for for one hole all day. I would run like walk around. Not only to see the the course, you also have to understand you're not gonna see everybody that you wanted to go see. Yeah. Like. I want to walk around, see different players, but also just see what this course looks like. I'm never going to get the 200,000 people there. I didn't fucking think how hard it would be to move around at that point. Which is also true as well. Like, and first of all, like with all those people there, they still sold almost 750,000 drinks on Saturday. How are these people even getting the drinks for that many people out? Like, are you going to get four drinks at a time? Cause you're never going to get, you're also never going to leave your spot if you're on 16. How the hell are you getting beers? I know I had a couple of guys in Mooney gang were at the event and I, I want to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do a stream later and just, just rewatch the Nick Taylor highlights. Cause I've been telling people like, (laughs) look, I'm sure a lot of you weren't watching now. Like anybody that had a big ticket didn't give a fuck about the Super Bowl, They were, they were dialed into this, but like, I'm sure people that had some tickets were, you know, if they're at a Super Bowl party, you can't go, Hey, can you, you mind putting the golf on real quick? So I'm like, guys, you have to understand, like, to fully appreciate this win, you have to watch. You gotta see it. You gotta watch this last round because it was, again, it was like nothing I've ever experienced in my in my entire life. But we have a few guys in Muni Gang that were there, and I would love to just pick their brain on what the, you know, just the overall, just the it, atmosphere, the the in person experience. So, yeah, atmosphere is probably great, but like, hey, how are the bathroom lines? Like, right. you know, how uh, yeah, yeah, you're posted up somewhere, you gotta go get a drink. 
how does like is your buddy gonna hold your seat for you while you go get the beers like, yeah how do, we, how do we do this so i'm with you i think if i because I, I i haven't had the, the you know the privilege to get down there yet i think if i did it i maybe i would try to do 16 once maybe like maybe I, if i was gonna do it i would do thursday or friday and yeah. just understand i'm not gonna do it on saturday and maybe try to do 16 one day and then just you know pick a group i want to follow and just do and do the whole course i want to walk with them like yeah. when, when we were when we did the masters last year we did the uh, the wednesday we did the tuesday practice round people and say the practice rounds are better to go to if i did it again i would do practice round I, yeah. I really would um i think it's a combination of one i want to watch the masters like i would right I, when it's actually on i, I think the I, full cinematic experience oh, yeah, yeah i think i'd want to be you can't see everything if you're there yeah, yeah, yeah i think yeah. i'd want to be either on my couch or like at, at five i the 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 it's worked out like two straight years. My wife is at a bachelorette party Masters weekend, which is <laughs> for you. Good it's luck. awesome. It's <laughs> awesome. So scheduling. Like two, two years ago, I think I went to Five Iron on Sunday by myself and just like re- rented That's a simulator it. and just hit golf balls and drank beers for five hours That's and, awesome. and watched the Masters. Awesome. But yeah, if, if I if I Give went us back, a call next time. <laughs> if, if I went back, I uh, it was going to do it again. I would do practice round because you, you get the you know it's not as crowded. You can you know you get the you know walk and see more of the course and like. That's kind of what you're there to do. Like you're there to just See, experience. And Augusta. also for like the golfer's sake, awesome. like they're not in tournament mode where they're sweaty. Like most of them are even turning around and talking to the fans too. Yeah. They're wearing shorts. They're not like in full sweat mode. It's way more relaxed. Everyone's in a great, all the golfers are in a great mood. It's like, nice. you know, it's like Chris, it's like Christmas Eve kind of deal. Right. And you know, they just a lot more, a lot more fan interaction. So again, if I, if I was, if I'm lucky enough to do the masters again, I, I would do exactly what I did, which is I would do either a two, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday practice round. And then head home and, you know, actually watch the, the tournament somewhere. I think what would also be cool, too, is, like, when you go there and, you like you said, you pick a group and you just follow them. Like, placing a bet on, like, you mm-hmm. know, one of the guys to win the group. And then you just follow them all day. And then yeah, you're actually yeah. watching your entire bet, every single shot. Just hope to cash. Like, we, that's we were doing that. Well, yeah, when we were, th- when we were there, uh, we were there with uh, uh, DB at, with, with Tour Junkies. So, for an hour or two, we, we posted up at 16. And we were just betting, you know, five bucks a guy on closest to the pin. Mm-hmm. Like, it was... It was it was sweet. Again, it helped that the beginning of the Super Bowl was like pretty boring, so I didn't yeah. really feel feel like I missed all that much. But like just in commercials, I would go back and watch. Like I saw the McCaffrey fumble, I saw the Pacheco fumble. Um, but yeah, I really wasn't that tuned in until you know just after just after halftime. It's probably the first time I like I sat down and was was watching because Taylor wins. I'm celebrating in Discord. I'm on Twitter. Like my both my parents called me. Um, and then fireball starts flowing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we were we were in full celebration mode. So, you know, the, the second half of this game is a little hazy. Did anybody that you were with at, at your party yesterday, did they have Nick, any Nick Taylor tickets? My, my, my sister did, yeah. That's fucking That's sick. It's <laughs> awesome. All right, let's get to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs win again. Back-to-back. Back-to-back MVPs. Back-to-back Super Bowl champs for Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and company. Hey, uh, I thought... Travis Kelsey was going to score because Taylor did all this work to get there. And that was not the case. My parlay missed. One of my parlays missed on Travis Kelsey not scoring. 25-22. The big controversy that people are talking about is uh, the 49ers not like going over overtime strategy at all. And also like giving the Chiefs and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes the ball last to go win the game. Yeah, they... Uh... Like some of those, some of those quotes after the game were like they had no idea. Staggering. Bullshit. I feel like that's gotta be. Am nah, I just? It was McNabb asked when he didn't know we, we could tie. Like they had no <laughs> ideas. <laughs> they had and no ideas. Holy shit! <laughs> it is. I, I just for me, I'm just I'm confused. Where uh, you have some Chiefs players, I forget who said it in in, in their quote. It's like we reviewed this every single over or every single playoff game and twice for the Super Bowl. So how the fuck 
is Kyle Shanahan, after you lost in overtime against the Patriots, you lost in overtime. Now And now you're part of the only two Super Bowls in history to go to overtime, and you lost them both. Okay. How the hell are we not going to review overtime if you were the one that just lost in overtime years ago to the Patriots? Yeah, dude, that's it's insane. And I was curious to see what his, like, what his explanation was going to be for, you know, for his you know, post-overtime decision. The only thing I thought of was like, hey, you know, we wanted to give our defense a rest or whatever. But then hearing the players be like, yeah, like, to tell you the truth, uh, I, th- I think it was, yeah, I think check was like, yeah, like, you know, I didn't really, I didn't know exactly of the rule change because I saw it up on the Jumbotron and that was like, that was when I found out. And it's like, dude. That's disgusting. It, it, it's the Super Bowl. How, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. how do you, how do you right. not, how do you not know? And then you contrast that with Chiefs players that are like, we knew the rules and we've had like, we've had our, our strategy in place of how we would attack this from day one. I think they said like, if Niners got ball first and scored a touchdown and then Chiefs get the ball back, they said if they scored, they would have went for two and went for the win. Like, mm-hmm. that was just... That's that, the game plan. That was the plan. That You know, they would live and die off that. But, like, they had a plan in place because they knew the rules and that was their strategy. And to have the Niners just, like, very, very honestly be like, yeah, we were kind of figuring it out as we went along there. Like, that's that's insane. You had Yushek even saying, too, he's like, I just thought, you know, you just get the ball first and try to go win the game. But again, it goes back to the point, did not know the rules at all. And I mean, I was telling Manny too, like there was a lot of uh, the party that I was that I was at, there was a lot of people on the first drive when 49ers are basically just walking down the field. And they're like, you better cash out your Chiefs tickets now. Next <laughs> fucking play. Best player on the field. Fumble. I'm like, uh, excuse me. Also, what I learned, I need to go back and say, like I was full on, like I said, generational hater. I did not, not want to see the Chiefs win again and Patrick Mahomes win again. But like you learn. Because what did everybody want to see? I want to see him on the road in the playoffs. I want to see him out of his out of his own nature, out of Arrowhead Stadium. I want to see him on the road. Well, you got to play the best of the best. You beat Josh Allen in Buffalo. Then you beat the MVP in Lamar Jackson at Baltimore to go in the AFC Championship to go to the Super Bowl. How can you bet against them? You can't. And then they open up as underdogs. Did it for you? Did it? Did that feel a little bit like a trap? Like, especially it being Vegas. I saw Scott Van Pelt talking about this too. He's like, <coughs> well, let's just remember, like, the game is in Vegas. You have to assume that there's a line out the door that's like a mile long to take the Chiefs. And in the Super Bowl, in this rarity, it should not be this easy. It should not be this simple to just hammer the Chiefs. And the only way that he was saying it could be is, like, I'm. he was like, by the end of the week, I'll maybe say San Francisco just because we're in Vegas and everyone's out the line, out the door with a mile-long line of saying Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. And then if the Niners were to end up winning, then... The Super Bowl where Vegas, Vegas being where the Super Bowl is, just Vegas just cashes everybody out. Like, that's weird. So I, I, I think really I, I think I even saw, I forget it. what Sportsbook it was, but they said like the, 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 I don't know if it was one particular book or if it was just across all books, but like the, the 10 largest wagers yeah. ac- across the industry were all on San Fran. Yeah. So like the heavy money was coming in on San Fran. And dude, I think it's just a matter of like, just like for the now third game in a row, people just like big brain in themselves. Like, oh, the Chiefs are dogs. Yeah, but... Baltimore's got the best defense in the NFL and in Baltimore and Lamar Jack and just like, hey, dude, you see a plus sign next to the Mahomes' name, just bet it. Like, I didn't do it. Like, I, I, I didn't bet on the Niners, but like, I, I didn't really have a, you know, I don't have really all that much conviction on either side. So for the most part, I stayed away. Like, um, you know, I think we talked about it when I was on the show last time, like as a mostly a prop better, like this time of year, it's just, it's tougher. Like my, oh, my, sure. my volume is way down. I, I, I think I had like three plays, like really throughout throughout the entire game and i'll say this like thank god nick taylor won because i was like i was in such a euphoric state it took the sting out of my super bowl l i had the grossest 
loss ever last night that I didn't even know was even close <laughs> until the, the final drive. So, like, what? Who was in that lay? I know you said <laughs> it was it was Justin Watson, twenty five yards. Uh, Juwan Jennings, twenty five yards. Use check one reception. Purdy rush yards. McCaffrey touchdown. So again, I'm not really tracking it like at all. First half, and then I think going into the Niners' final drive, I'm looking. I'm like, uh, now even I put Mooney Gang. I'm like, hey guys, I haven't really been following. Uh, we just need Juwan Jennings here, right? And the first play of the drive was like a 15 yard to Juwan Jennings. So like at that point, we're in the green. It was a 30 to one SGP. Um, but I saw the writing on the wall. Like Purdy was 12 and a half rushing yards, and I'm just I'm I'm looking at the clock. I'm kind of doing the math. I'm like, oh dude, if they get the ball back with like a couple seconds left, they're going to knee it out, and then it's going to go to OT. And like that's exactly what happened. Disgusting. You know, Chiefs kick a field goal with like five seconds left, and then then you're at the point where you're like, oh maybe they'll squib kick it or. Right. something right the something. clock over now now they kick it through the end zone and then i think i literally think there was two seconds in the clock purdy took a knee and it went to overtime so it's like all right now we need to get that back in ot it didn't happen so we we end up losing that sgp that is got to be one of the grossest beats ever yeah it was losing on a kneel yeah we lost on a we lost on a kneel it was pretty gross it's funny yeah i think some people i bet it on fanduel some people better on DraftKings because of like promos or like free bets or whatever and yeah. his number on fanduel excuse me his number on DraftKings was 11 and a half so Oh, it would have hit on there. So it hit on there. So you have like, you know, you have half the people that are like ripping their hair out over this gross L and the other half are like, hey, like I still won. And it's like, ah. The the beef between the Moody gang. Yeah. People were like, hey, don't, don't you dare show me those winning tickets. Yeah. Don't rub it in. But like I said, like I I, I was like, I was just, I was floating still. Right. So like it it, it didn't even phase me. (laughs) Right. And then as I'm kind of going back this morning, I'm rewatching the highlight just because I I feel like I remembered like nothing from this game. Not even for being like blacked out. Like I just, I, I got it. Got, floating off the fire got a little got a little buzz going on but at this but i also was just like four it's just mentally just yeah, kind of like bro. just yeah like wh- yeah. why do i give it like uh, m- m- like most of your tweets were like why do i give a shit about this game i just <laughs> hit this and i was more focused on the golf anyway oh, yeah like, but uh yeah that one hurt that that one hurt that would have been a you know a pretty ridiculous nightcap after oh yeah after the nick taylor cash so and so at least for for you know we're just talking about brock Purdy. at least for brock Purdy's sake doesn't turn a ball over yeah comes into this big game here I think he played very well. He was dialed. Do you, and and there was questions going circling around Brock Purdy for if the Niners won, and it was like if the Niners won, do you put him in top ten? Well, do you put him in top ten with the game that he played, even though lost? And top ten meaning top ten quarterbacks in the league. Do 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 we go that far yet? It's close. If he's not top ten, he's right there. He's I would he's I would say he's probably he's probably top ten. I mean he's. I think I'd have, I'd have a hard time t- finding 10 quarterbacks that I like know for sure I would take over him right now. It's like, I think he's, he's pretty damn close to like to, to Dak. You know, I, yeah. I think that's maybe if I, you know, Purdy or Dak, I'd probably take Purdy. Especially Ooh, without, wow. I, I think, I think without the, especially with, without the turnover factor. Yeah, for, for sure. For sure. Um, again, like it's, it's weird too. Like the, the Niners didn't play bad. I mean, like, you know, you, you had the, you know, uncharacteristic McCaffrey fumble, but otherwise like, for the most part, the Niners played a good game. I, I don't look at, I, you know, you don't really look at this like the Niners lost this game. I mean, they just ran into the Patrick Mahomes inevitable buzzsaw, and it just, it's going to happen a lot. I mean, he's going to steal rings from a lot of people. And yeah, like, yeah, you're right. I slightly disagree, though, watching this game. The 49ers were fucking dominated. Like, they could not stop Chris McCaffrey to start the game, and they had the, the, the Chiefs offense figured out. Huge, 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 like, the turning point of the game. Chief, the 49ers are up 10-0. Pat Mahomes has a two-minute drill. They stop him from getting seven. Hold Pat Mahomes to three and a two-minute, which is hard enough to do. Yep. Big enough to do because the Chiefs get the ball out of half. Then they force a pick on Pat Mahomes. Have the ball on their plus 40. 
from that point on, Kyle Shanahan goes nine passes to two runs. Christian McCaffrey was already busting five, six yards of pop at that point in the game. He was already being stubborn with the run game. Why, when you're up seven, just got a turnover to put you in the plus of the turnover battle because you had a Moses Moody block kick, which was bullshit. And then later on in the game, obviously, the, the punt situation, which was also bullshit. I feel bad for the special team coach because he can't control none of that shit. Why are you nine to two pass to rush after McCaffrey is dominating the whole game? People were like, oh, well, McCaffrey got 22 carries. He got six of those carries in OT. You can look at it. This motherfucker ended regulation at the Super Bowl with 16, 17 carries. Are we dead ass shit in? And like, I love, I, I thought I, I was part of the train coming up. I thought Kyle Shanahan was a great coach, caused great plays. This is two 10-point leads with the 49ers that he's blown because not having a real run game. The first one they lost because, I mean, they didn't have the best running backs in the world, so you get CMC for a situation like this. And just going away from him like that, I don't care what the numbers say. You can only look at the play-by-play from the, where the interception happened. He went nine passes to two rushes. There was two drives where he went pass, 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 three and out. What are we doing? And then... By the time you do that and let Pat Mahomes get back in the game and the, you can feel the momentum leave you, oh, yeah. you got to go past now. Like, you can't, like, Chris Jones has his energy back. Carlotta's has his energy back. Nick Bolton's chasing McCaffrey around. The game's fully changed. They had their chance to put the stamp on the game. And I kind of think, like, obviously there's different plays that went on and, and, it's, and Chiefs made great plays. But I think when they had a chance to win it, Kyle Shanahan kind of threw it away a little bit. Again. 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 But what was, like, the game plan? Like, game plan being... Make sure that Mahomes doesn't have the ball for the majority of the game. How do we do that? We possess the ball. How do we possess the ball for a long period of time? You hand the ball off to CMC, the best running back in football, it. and arguably, and who just won the offensive player of the year. Why do we not hand the ball off to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands? Let's also talk about another key fucking moment Biggest in this game, uh, yeah. which Manny, you you brought it up before we started the show. This is not going to get a lot of, of light shined on it because they won. What are your thoughts on, on the Travis Kelsey bitch fit that he had? Like putting his hands on Andy oh, Reid. What are we? Th- and and he said he told me that AJ Brown tweeted Dude, and was like, if that was me, I would lo- I would have loved to Bro, see the coverage on. if I'm he, if I got my hands on Nick Sirianni. Points, he, AJ Brown points to the iPad, tells Jalen Hurts it's a story. Like it's actually just funny. I mean, that's bullshit. You, why you put your hands bad. on him? It's funny. It worked. One hundred percent it worked because he did have one catch before it, it, that. He had one catch in the first half, it and then did. he had eight for ninety in the second half, it and did. they both. You know, obviously, I'm sure the you know, winning solves everything, so like they weren't sure. going to go into that. But they both brushed it off like it was nothing a- after the fact. But uh, yeah, I-, I saw the AJ Brown tweet, and I'm like, yeah, he's got a point. <laughs> he said it too. He said he was like, before we started, he's like, imagine if that was Odell too, Jesus with his fuck. fiascos that he's had on the sidelines as being a New York Giant. Like he would have got his ass kicked too. So, yeah, but like, oh, but Odell and Kelsey, like, they're, different. they're different. They're yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like, totally yeah, o- Odell is not the. You know the the superstar Super Bowl winner that oh you know he's, he's got a ring what I'm talking about but like he's I know uh, what you mean though history's a lot different. history's a lot different but yeah I mean it was it was a it was a terrible look um and again I think it would have been like ten times the story that it's going to be if the Chiefs lost I mean they, that would have been oh, yeah. that would have been talked about talked about a whole lot but like it is weird when you look at it and you go well he did have a monster second half after this so like I, I don't know it was it was definitely weird though they had the boys frustrated you could tell man and i think another thing that a lot of people aren't talking about which i mean it was talking about in the moment but dude the drake greenlaw injury which is number one unlucky oh, the time that it happened was it couldn't terrible. have been a worse time because momentum of the game was changing yeah that's that, that's and, and as much as oren burks came in and played a great game 48 you actually literally couldn't really tell the difference watching on the tv but you know drake greenlaw is an energy bug of that team like losing that in the super bowl is just dejected in that fashion is just it's so it's bad. unbelievable you could see something like 
pop. Yeah, like yeah. something popped in there, and it just. I think it was. I think he tore his Achilles. Yeah. It looked like it because even in Aaron Rodgers, you could see in that video, He's like the, up his cap, you see something it, pop. Yeah, it's it's uh like the clearest one is is I think when Durant did it right because it's mm-hmm. like you know like they're, he's, he's wearing shorts so you can you yeah, get you, can you get see. the you get the view of the calf. I mean when Durant did it, you you, 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 you see his 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 calf muscle just like starts spazzing out. Um, and then they brought out the world's smallest cart. For, yeah, right. for, yeah, that was, the, and he has to sit up front. Yeah, he can't even lay on yeah, the back. Yeah, he's, they, they, they got him riding shotgun with like his, you know, sitting Indian style. Yeah, it's and, like, and, what and the he's fuck, like, man? he's like clenched up. He's got all this, all this, you know, equipment on. Like he's not gonna fit in there. Yeah, that was that was just a terrible look. Um, and at least like for the for the Niners' sake, like it goes back to the point that you were trying to make of, you know, they dominated this game, and we talk about the mistakes. You talk about the the blocked extra point there because again, let's just if so facto that extra points made, then they're. Moody's kicking that 53 yarder with a minute 53 left to now go up four instead of go three. But again, this just goes back to Patrick Mahomes with little to no time left. I know it's two minutes, but two minute drill. You give Patrick Mahomes a two minute drill, 153 on the clock to just get a fucking field goal. That's all he has to do to force overtime. Ask about your defense. It's just, it's unbelievable. Um, it's four, four Super Bowl. So he's been a starter for six years. Four Super Bowl appearance appearances in six years with three rings. I mean, Dude. I, look, you know your your eyes already tell you what you're seeing. Like this right. guy is just beyond special. But three rings in six years, man, is so. We were talking about this too right before you got here, and he's 28 years old. Like maybe he plays 10 years, so he's 38 years old. Do you think he's getting four more? Yes. To to tie tie Brady or maybe five more to beat him. And didn't you look at like that's a lot quarterbacks are playing quarterbacks are playing longer like you right. know with you know the the rules that protect the quarterbacks get like more and more egregious every year so quarterbacks are taking are taking less hits and he's just such a freak of nature I mean like it's not unheard of to think that like he can't play until I don't know that until he's like forty five years old I mean like, this guy this dude could be around for a while and I also think you know if he gets a few more and he's like close to you know, close to the Brady number, you know, maybe he forces it those extra years. Like, you know, we're, we're talking out of our asses here because the guy's only 28, but like, I wish there was, I'm sure maybe you'll see it eventually, like some sort of future market you could bet, like, you know, Mahomes over under Super Bowls because this dude's going to be winning, winning championships for, for a long time. That's what I was saying. I was like, I I wish like a book had that line where it's like over under three and a half before he retires of, can we get four in time? Like, just look at that stat, stat muse. Playoff stats before turning 30. Mahomes has 21 more touchdowns than Brady before turning 30 in the playoffs. That's fucking incredible. I think, I think he, I mean, he has a chance to get to seven. I, I'll say the, the, the most insane thing from him is these, this back to back with the teams he's had because right. the teams he's inherited was something that was something else. I think as much, listen, he did a great job, two minute drill, an unbelievable job, fourth quarter in OT. Unbelievable all time job. I think this defense has to be a lot more of the story. Like, yep. second half shutdown, they lost the game on the pick. The pick, the pick happened. Everyone else was at the party was like, damn, that feels like game. That feels like game. It's like, yeah. And like, you have a super young secondary core, super young linebackers that are catalyzing this defense last year in the Super Bowl. Got 35 points put up on him. Obviously learned from that process. Came back this year. And they were literally the catalyst to the whole the whole playoff run. Uh, McDuffie made like three, four plays throughout the game. They were unbelievable. Had a bullshit hold called on him late in the game. Still came back and made more plays. Uh, Carlothis had a big play. I forget who forced a fumble, forced a fumble on CMC in the first half. But I think it was a rotational guy that forced a fumble on the first quarter play, which was the biggest play of the fucking game. So I, as much as 
it takes a family to, to really to really build some shit like this. And as much as Pat Mahomes makes the plays down the stretch of the games to win it, dude, this defense, I, I hope they get their flowers throughout the offseason the next couple of days because it's been unbelievable. Real quick, so I wasn't when when this when this particular play happened, I was still very dialed into the golf. So sure. I, I, I I didn't get to hear what sort of the commentary was on it. Um somebody filled me in on the Sneed slap. Like the the yeah. I, I saw the I saw the replay, I didn't really hear too much. I, I thought it was gonna get tossed. Um, immediately did yeah. they did they look at it for a while what, what what were they saying in the booth i don't know if they had steratore for the game like what was the initial reaction to that because i saw the replay and thought oh well, well sneed's gone i kind of i'm not gonna lie i kind of checked out too but I, it's funny because i didn't even think about that like i i didn't i don't even know they've spent much time on that i don't remember i just remember they threw the flag and it was like damn sneed what the fuck are you doing right saw the replay and they he full on, he full on sl- he full, full on slapped him nah, full slapped him yeah. push too yeah i don't even know i don't remember yeah like Again, that could have been game changer if Sneak gets tossed there, you know? Right. And it, but I also just want to give some credit to like Spags and the defense all year. Dude. Fourth fourth as a coordinator, most in history. Like Dog. good for fucking you. Dog, like, you bring up Spaz. One minute and fifty seconds left in the fourth quarter, third and four. The game is on the line right here. Yep. For some reason, in the second half of these games, Brock Purdy's been able to move the pocket unbelievable. So it's like when you pressure this guy and leave everybody in the back and man, he's been killing you. It happened to both teams in the divisional and the conference championship game. Spags has balls. He sends his best cover guy, Trent McDuffie, on a four on a third and four with a minute fifty left. He gets home, gets a tap out. That leads to the Pat Mahomes getting the ball back with a minute left to get a field goal. Spags' resume speaks for itself, but you see it in these moments. I, I even think, especially versus Josh Allen, he did an amazing job. And he, he still almost lost that game. But couple ballsy, ballsy blitz calls out of Spags, which he'll get some. I, I like that Andy Reid has his homies, too, because he's going to bring Spags wherever he goes, and, and Spags really delivers, man. It, I, as much as this game, like, it did start off slow, but the ending and how, how it built up, the plays kind of built up to me, it, it was unbelievable. It was all we wanted. You get an OT in a Super Bowl. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I just... I just feel bad for 49ers fans. How much pa- I feel like in my lifetime, I just know 49ers fans pain. Like I just think about this bowl. I think about they lost to the Rams last year. The picture of Debo Samuel crying. Um, remember when they they were up versus Seahawks in the NFC Championship with Cap? They lost that game. They lost the Super Bowl when the light when the power went out. Yep. Like dog, <laughs> all they know is pain, bro. It's actually crazy. I ain't saying for Kyle Shanahan, but I would say like I mean I had my money on the Chiefs, but I like. Again, this just being Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and company, I never had a doubt. Never a doubt. Like, even when after the pick, even when you never thought, you know, when you were talking about Even when about they went on 17-3, game, I was like, there's two touchdowns to Pat Mahomes. What is that? I just never had a doubt that he never. was going to lose this game. And again, it, it, I agree with you, man. I mean, you got to give the defense their flowers. Like, they sure. they showed up in just such a massive way, especially these last few games. But you look at the offense, and you just think, all right, well, at worst – at worst, they'll be this good next year, and they're probably going to be a lot better if they go get some. Real so what receivers. do you and, and what do you do if um? I, well, yeah, Dude, definitely got to address the receivers. What do you do if you're Andy Reid? Obviously, we saw like the rumors that maybe this will be it, and if he Bullshit. wins, Bullshit. no shot, no do, shot. Do you like? I, do you know how like people don't realize how rare shit like this is? And I think there was a couple coaches. I heard someone talking about it. I just don't know the exact. I think it was like Lombardi. And maybe it was like maybe Jimmy Johnson, a couple of coaches that left the dynasty a little early. Yeah. Like one, two, three Super Bowls, left the dynasty. And as soon as they left, they were like, I handed the keys to this motherfucker with this right. Ferrari. Like Andy Reid has something special. I know he's old, but it's like you could literally almost rock, not on autopilot. You can see it's, it's a hard job, but you have Pat Mahomes, man. And dude, you if, figure you're, it out. if you're, I imagine too, man, if you're like a, you know, a, a stud receiver, maybe like a little, a little late in your career, you've got like, you know, a year or two of your prime left. Oh, yeah. like, I bet you like, 
every wide receiver is calling their agent and saying, get me to Kansas. Oh yeah. You know I mean? They're mm-hmm. they, if they weren't, they, I'm sure they were already a destination, but uh, again, there's just, there's just so much room for this and offense to get better. Around. Like Pacheco's young. Rasheed Rice is going to be a true number two in the league. Yeah. Um, and, and honest to God, man, like Pat, we already said Pat Mills can play 10 more years, but he has like, we, it sounds insane, but we might not have seen the best out of him. We might have seen the most talented Pat Mahomes, but I'm talking about the 32, 33 cerebral. I can't move around as much. I might have more weapons on the outside now. Like he seven's not out of reach, man. And it, it I I saw first take was doing like who's closer to go debate Pat Mahomes and Tom Brady and LeBron and MJ. It's like, why do we have to bring all these guys into this? We're seeing something that is so rare that we're so lucky to be able to watch witness live. Like I, as much, I got to see Brady's last three, real vivid. All the whole AFC championships and divisionals and stuff like that. The first three, not as much. Like the Brady, uh, the Brady Peyton rivalry and stuff like that. We're watching Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes in real time. Joe Burrow's been hurt. We're watching those battles in real time. Herbert, Lamar, CJ, they all have a say. There's still great things coming out the NFC. And the fact that this guy is going six years and only losing to Tom Brady for real, besides one time to Joe Burrow, just. I, I did try to land the defense, but we had the short like, like just make sure we're giving this guy's flowers enough too. And not trying to do the whole comparison again, because it gets fucking crazy, bro. We're seeing something insane and just soak it in and accept it for what it is, man. Let's go back to what we were talking about on our on our show like two weeks ago before the game. We started talking about touchdown scores. Do you remember when we when we said MVS was probably yes. had a shot to score in the game? Yes. And he fucking did. I also saw uh speaking of McCall Hartman getting the game winning touchdown, I saw Mahomes talking to the CBS crew and he's like, when he scored I run up to him. He doesn't even know that we just won the game. I'm like, you just won the fucking Super Bowl, bro. Like, how do you not realize that? You just caught the game winning pass in the Super Bowl. I think he said, I think he said that he just like, he completely blacked out. Oh yeah. Caught it, scored. And then it just, he went into like, went into shock. And like, what a dude, I mean, what a story that is, right? Right. I mean, that's that, that alone, that's just, that's, you know, storyline number 10, you know, in in all this here, but like bringing him back from the Jets and then him almost like single-handedly losing, losing the game, the losing the game, lo- ending their season, uh, you know, against Buffalo, and for him to catch the the, the winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. I mean, you just you, you can't make this shit up. It's just it's. Yeah, Andy Reid and Pat have elite trust. Even before yeah. before half when they got held to three, Pat Mahomes threw one of the best balls I've seen in the Super Bowl. Going to his left, opposite hash in the boundary. Miko Harmon's running a seven, literally on the opposite hash. Throws a dart in between the safety and the corner, and it's like. They threw a touchdown to MVS after they got a turnover on the punt. Like, the first play after. Like, when they don't expect it to be MVS. Like, this elite trust they have in these players who have literally almost cost their season. Like, I, I just shout more light on Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes. Like, this elite, the elite trust they have in these marginal guys is crazy. There's teams that have people that are actually guaranteed number ones, number twos, that don't have the same amount of trust they have in Miko Hardman and MVS. And it's just, it's just insane to see. As we go to, like, two early predictions for next year. Like, just too early we saw back-to-back years, 49ers were, you know, best of the best in the NFC, obviously excluding the Eagles, um, last year and going to the NFC Championship losing. This year, going back, winning, getting the Super Bowl, losing. Do you still put them in that category of potentially getting back to another NFC Championship game next year? Like, are they also in their dynasty-esque I mean, you're talking about 49ers? 49ers. Are they in Dude, their, like, I mean, dynasty-esque they, they can... of, like, the NFC? If they can, ret- I mean, if they have CMC, anything goes, and then they can retain that defense. I mean, if the 49ers win this game, the story is about the D line. Bosa, Chase Young, Javon Hargrave, and Armstead had a insane game. Like, literally changed the whole game. I think if they can retain this defense a good bit, uh, they're they're 
They'll be they'll be around. And Brock takes care of the ball, man. I, I disagree with y'all about the top ten thing, but I think he's good enough. I think he's I think he's definitely a top quarterback in the league. I think you can win with Brock Purdy. I think those arguments have to stop. I think it's insane to have. Um, I think as long as they have CMC, Brock at the helm, Kyle Shanahan up top in this defense, they'll have a shot every single year. Just the only problem is like you know the, the top of the NFC is just is only going to get better. It's right? get better it, yeah. it's, you know, the Eagles will still be good next year. Green Bay's on the way. You know, you know Detroit will be back. Yeah. Green, Green Bay is going to be a force to be reckoned with last year. And like you know, you don't want to get too dramatic if you're like you know this this was their shot, but like it was closest. I mean, it, this is this is as good of a shot that they're going <laughs> to get. I mean, again, the, the rest of the conference is is only gonna is only going to get and better. You can still say too, even though they they consistently prove that they can't win in the playoffs dallas still finds a way to win football games in the regular season and at least give them a chance to go win a playoff even though even though you know you look at the second half of the rams like the rams are gonna yeah, be, right? rams will be back right? that was so, your that was your ticket too yeah, that was my i know so it, dude it's just it's it's really tough to get to the super bowl yeah it's really 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 tough and i think it's that's why, you know, the, the the three Super Bowl rings is, you know, they, they speak for themselves. But, I mean, four appearances in six years. I mean, this is like, you know, this is like, you know, I mean, you look at the, the run LeBron had. You of just, LeBron territory. Yeah, you're in it's LeBron territory of just, of just getting, of just, just finals appearances. And, it, and, you know, the difference is, you know, Mahomes is now, is one three of the four of them. But, like, I always thought, you know, drifting here just a little bit, but, like, you know, the, the MJ LeBron debate has been debated into the ground now for, like, exactly. 20 years. And... I've I'd never I'd never seen a player like get criticized for for losing in championship mm-hmm. games and not respected for even even getting there. Like mm-hmm. it's it's tough to get there. Yeah. And LeBron was just an automatic finals appearance yeah. for went, eleven straight years for eleven sh- for eleven straight years. <laughs> and like again, we're it's it's early here, but like you just what Patrick Mahomes is doing is, is something that you know we've only ever seen Brady do, and the the sheer just dominance fashion in, in, in which he does it, man. Again, he's, he's this guy's going to be doing this for a long time. Dude, I don't know if it was just you guys, but when Pat Mahomes had the ball at the end of the fourth quarter just to get three, and when he got the ball back after San Francisco scored three in OT, I promise you, I had Chiefs. I'm watching this shit with a smile. I'm like, yo, I'm about to watch history. Like, yep. I, know, I know he's about to do Patty it. Patty like, Mahomes, two minutes. He's minute already drop. hit that territory. One question I have about this game and a couple of the playoff games. What the fuck is up with the lack of George Kittle? I feel like he'd be the number one security blanket for Brock Purdy. Perfect example of someone who could get him going to these games. Two catches on three targets. So many people said in Media Week, um, you know, at Radio Row and all that kind of stuff, all talking about everyone's going to say that it's going to be McCaffrey that's going to run this game for time and possession. And they're all like, if you're not going to do that, look out for George Kittle and the, like you said, that safety security blanket that he will be for Brock Purdy. Non-existent. I, I mean, like, I know he's one of the Not better even on a play sheet for real if you look at it. But bro. he's yeah. one of the better blockers, and he was and used a lot. Catch. But we didn't really use him on that offensive side of the ball as much as we just did to block like CMC in that. And this that's elite where elite pass catcher, I was definitely a little bit confused too. Yeah. And you're like, we were talking about it on our show before, um, you know, on Thursday, and we're like, I was saying, well, hold on a second, Joe Burrow and Tom Brady are the only two quarterbacks to beat this man, Patrick Mahomes, in the playoffs. And we just magically think Brock Purdy's going to make his way onto that list as the number three, the third guy to do that? <laughs> no should've. fucking way. No games, way. And that's why he should have. But that's why I was on that. He's And it goes back to, you know, two early predictions. Watch out for fucking when Joe Burrow was back with the Bengals. Look what no Browning bullshit. was able to do with the Bengals. No Watch out for, again, Ravens, Bengals in there, going to try to go take him down. And, again, I'm very excited to see what that division looks like now. For Mahomes, as AP gets the Raiders job, 
changing the culture over there, even though they did still finish. I think Jim it was Harbaugh. And now you add Jim with the Chargers, Justin. You know, we bring our we bring our defensive coordinator from Michigan with us. You saw, I don't know if you saw Wink Martindale going to Michigan too, which was yeah, crazy. Just because head coaching jobs were not available, I guess for you. Um, I'm I'm very excited to see that. I just want to see if there's a team out there in the AFC that can just represent as the AFC team, just so we can see another team in the Super Bowl from the AFC side. I, I'm getting. It's not that I'm getting sick and tired of seeing it because it's really cool to watch. I just want to see another team in there. Is that like? Naive or like dumb to say, like I think we need to ask Saquon to go to Houston, team up with CJ Stroud. Well, he wants uh, Harbaugh wants Saquon in, in, in LA with him. You give CJ Stroud a, a premier running back, I think that's the him, Bur- him, Burrow, him and Burrow both, I think, give him the best chance. And we'll see what happens with Jim, Har- um, Jim Harbaugh with Herbert because I think Herbert's unbelievable. I think he just needs a coach that's not a fucking idiot. So I think, but I think CJ Stroud with the good running back and bro, them too. I think bro's bro not worrying about no Pat Mahomes. We see how he, they act when they go there. This is good. Right, right. Burrowhead, which yeah, you fucking they hate. Don't worry about that. And and at least for for me, I, I wanted to ask this question. I know it, you know, take a second to kind of think about it. Favorite, as we're you know we're closing out the NFL. Um, we're not going to see a football <laughs> game for months now. Labor Day. My Jesus Christ. Um. We always know how how if the, if the season just flies and the time flies when football's on. If you can think back, favorite moment of this NFL season, I w- I'll start and I'll say it was the the seventy piece that that McDaniel's Tua and Dobbins did to uh, to Denver. We just have never seen that. Uh, it's been a very long time since we've seen that. There was nothing that was really exciting for me for the Giants. Obviously, if you wanted me to say, "Wow, Tommy DeVito's crazy," you know, uprising, I think it was the seventy piece that that the Dolphins put up was my was my favorite moment. And also, just being able to follow Tyreek and his chase to possibly getting two thousand. Obviously, got hurt. That would have been crazy. He would have been my MVP if he did that. Uh, I got to give my favorite moment is 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 the Dolphins in, in that seventy piece. I think for me, it would have been the uh, like the Eagles comeback win against the Bills. Dude, that was my that's my number two. Well, your goat kicker, I man. Thought, I thought we were that team at that point. I thought it was solidified. I that was that was the first moment where I went, oh shit, this team's going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, like this is the, we're, this is the best team in the NFL. This is this is the, at that point it was probably the best. It was probably the game of the year at, at that point. And to, to win that game, I'm like, uh, okay. Did I, you th- did you have that moment too when they beat the Chiefs in our head, or was it specifically just the Bills moment? The, I, I don't know. For whatever reason, the, the Bills game just. It, <sighs> I think I think just because you know it was a it was a bit more of a better comeback and it just I feel like it had like that had like playoff game atmosphere and for sure. yep. again for me like it wasn't like I had any doubts in, in the Eagles I mean they were already on you know you know I think they were well atop the NFC at that time anyway but that win against the Bills I went oh shit the, this team has it no yeah yeah I, I, record scratch they didn't have it but <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna that's my number two it, like the thing about that game too was like Jalen Hurst kind of took that game over yeah. like I felt like we actually had like had it I would say to be honest. That divisional matchup between the Chiefs and the Bills, I feel like wrapping up seeing Josh Allen and Mahomes again, that game, everything it was supposed to be, that game ended up being incredible. Like, besides the DeMar Hamlin fake punt, which is a little asterisk on the game, I think that was probably one of the best football games just bar for bar I've seen in a while. Like, the defenses defenses were getting stops, but the offenses weren't really slowing down. That game was fucking insane. And that's when, like, I hope that, like, the NFL Films channel, they upload, like, the full, like, playoff games. I hope they get that one on there because that'll be in my watch later. That and I want to say sick. one last thing here, too. Um, we were talking about the NFL Awards, too, and we did our, our uh, pre-Super Bowl show. And we were talking about the coach of the year. And we knew it was Stefanski. But we looked at the ballot. There was not a single nomination for Matt LaFleur. And we were going crazy. 
Yeah. Don't you think they have, like, they- just give them some recognition. That's all I'm asking. I, I think both LaFleur and D'Amico Ryan's probably deserved it more than Stefanski. And look, it's like, I, I, I love Stefanski as actually, I think he's, uh, is one of, one of my good friends. It's his like first cousin. So like, uh, that's pretty and he's, he's a, he's a Philly guy. Like, yeah. so love for Stefanski. I understand it. You know, I think, you know, they, they made the playoffs. They had a great year with, I think four different starting quarterbacks. Chubb, mm-hmm. Chubb goes out like week two or like whatever it was. So like they, they clearly battled the adversity there. I just think that, I think what D'Amico Ryans did in Houston and what LaFleur did in, in Green Bay, I, I just, not to take anything away from Stefanski, I just thought that they were, you know, bigger bigger surprises, right? It's like, I don't think a lot of teams were penciling in Green Bay or Houston as playoff teams this year, whereas, you know, the Browns were, you know, supposed to get there. And then even with the injuries, their defense was so goddamn good that, you know, they, they had the pieces to at least be able to hang on. Um, and I also look at it like, I don't think you. I don't think you can give Stefanski coach of the year and give Flacco comeback player of the year. It's like what, like, and also Miles Garrett got defensive player of the year when I thought it was should be T.J. Watt. Just saying, just saying, that's just me. Like, all right, you've got the defensive player of the year. You had, you know, Joe Flacco come in and rewind the clocks and do some pretty, pretty, ama- <laughs> yeah. pretty amazing stuff. <laughs> enough, enough where he gets where he gets comeback player of the year. It's like, all right, well, like, then maybe coach of the year could go to somebody else that didn't have the defensive player of the year. Well, also too with like D'Amico Ryan's sake. For him to come in with a rookie quarterback where they were last year, completely flip, that's got to be enough information in itself just to give to Miko. And it's just a toss-up too. But like I said too, I, I thought TJ should have gotten it over Miles Garrett. That's obviously a different debate for another day. And like even with like, I know it's it's a regular season award. Right. But I don't know that it necessarily should be because if it's not a regular season award, then I think Lafleur wins. Like they, right. they, they beat Dallas as as major dogs, and then they should have beat San Fran. I mean, you've got like San Fran going into the Super Bowl were favored, and Green Bay had the favorites to win the Super Bowl with with their backs against the wall, with far and away in their own building, in their own building, with far and away the youngest team in the NFL. And I, I if I'm not wrong, I think the only team without a Pro Bowler, which yep, is right. which which is wild. So like. That alone, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how you can look at that that Packers team, see what they accomplished, and not go, yeah, Lafleur probably should be coach of the year. Would you have then said that the, uh, if it was, the would the Lions have ended up beating the Packers? Lions would have had the home game, NFC Championship. They would have got the home game. I, I I don't know, man. It's hard to you know. It's, a, it's hard to look back and say that, but that game would have been nasty. And when I would have been happy with either of those teams representing the NFC, with based on their seasons, for for sure. I, I still think either either one of them would have gotten steamrolled by this Chiefs team anyway. But yeah. uh, it, again, it's if, if you're in the NFC, I mean, your your path to the Super Bowl is only going to get tougher each year. As again, as teams like the Packers get better, as teams like the Rams get better, Detroit's going to be right back where they were. I mean, it's just there's and who knows if the Bears do something stupid and send Justin Fields to Atlanta. That yeah, team as we, I mean, we're definitely going to want to bring you back for like a, a a draft show and all that. But again, I guess like Atlanta too early stuff. Do you think that Caleb Williams is that they're really going to draft a quarterback and just say fuck off to Justin Fields? Why would you waste that pick? Uh, Trade it for some value. I, I, like, are you on the side of keeping Justin Fields, or, do you, or, or if you're in the best situation, are you drafting Caleb Williams first, or anybody else? I, I think. Well, I think it would depend on the year, right? I mean, if it's like, if it was an average QB class, I think it's a, I think it's a different conversation. For sure. But I mean, Caleb, yeah, Caleb I Williams is is just one of the, you know, one of the most touted quarterback prospects that's coming to the league in a while, and I, I haven't seen enough. Like, if I'm a, if I'm a Bears fan, like, I, and. I don't even like. I'm not the biggest Caleb Williams guy. I mean, I think you know, personality 
you know, leaves a lot to be desired. But, but like, if I was a Bears fan, I would have to imagine I want Caleb Williams. I can't, like, it would just, I can't imagine what it would be like not doing it, keeping fields, and then watching Caleb Williams go somewhere else. And then, and and, 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 yeah, it'd be like, you know, you're, you're a Panthers fan and you're watching CJ Stroud go go bananas, right? I mean, that that would drive you insane. I I think you've got to, I think you've got to take a shot with him. That's my take. Is that where you are, Manny? I think. Hell no. I think they'll be fucking delusional. I think. I think. I think having a quarterback. I mean, first of all, bro. I mean, we just do the whole OC head coach thing. Dude, ball out this year. He actually, pale in the season, he actually played great football. And I think if you the team continue, wants him and the fans want him. I think. I think it's something to be said about that. Like a guy you've built up in your city, watching go through university that he's gone through. I think, me personally, if you let him go. He's gonna go into a, into an offense that's already established and ball the fuck out. I think it, you're in a situation where it's like you're you're gonna be wrong either way. I feel like you know what I mean because both guys are. I think both guys are really good football players. Me personally, so I think no matter what they do, they're wrong. I think they should just go with who they grown at home. Let's not restart again. Like we don't want a Caleb Williams situation. Like what if Caleb Williams end up being Justin Fields for two years, which isn't necessarily bad. It's just he's a young quarterback. So like I would just keep going with whatever. But. I, the counter argument I would have is like you look at all the teams that even that we just mentioned that are gonna that are gonna be good next year, and mm-hmm. the common denominator across all of them is they've got great quarterbacks. And mm-hmm. I mean, say what you want about Justin Fields, and me, and I'm I'm sure that we haven't seen anywhere near you know the the best of Justin Fields, but there's a considerable gap between him and the elite quarterbacks that that we've that we've discussed. I mean, like the gap between Justin Fields and Jordan Love is is massive in my right. opinion, is is absolutely massive, and. I just think with him, there's a there's a ceiling there. I mean, you just you need a lot more. Like your defense has to be amazing. I think someone like Justin Fields, I think can can only take you so far. And sure, there's the risk in that Caleb Williams doesn't doesn't pan out, and you know you you're kind of hitting the reset button for no reason. But at the same time, I mean, I think his ceiling is is infinitely higher than Justin Fields. And again, you look at Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and I know that's just the that's the gold standard that's not going to be able to be met by by anybody else, but you need to have an elite quarterback to have a chance to, to do anything in this league. And I just don't know. Again, the situation hasn't been great. The team around them hasn't been good. The coaching staff sucks. There's a lot of, like, there's a lot of things you could say to defend Justin Fields. And I don't think he's, like, I, I'm not here to bash him. I just don't know that his ceiling is, is high enough to be able to contend against some of these teams that have truly elite quarterbacks. And, you know, if, if someone like Caleb Williams could come in and change your franchise, I would just I would have a hard time not not taking a shot there. Yeah, I mean I, I'm I'm in agreement with with the situation that he's been through and been in. Uh, again, as a Giants fan, where multiple years it's always like, oh, do they trust Daniel Jones? Are you going to draft a quarterback? I've just learned to kind of train my brain to say, do not waste another top ten, top five pick on a quarterback when you just when you have one, you got to make it work. Don't draft a lineman. Draft the fucking playmaker. That's you, like one of the biggest reasons why I'm saying that Dude. for Fields I just is see, just I see trust them. I see the way they receive that kid, man. Like, the, like the, his, to go through what he's going through those three years, to have everyone on the outside been like, I don't know if it's gonna work. I don't know if it's gonna work. And then everyone inside the building is like, wait, what? Like every time, every time right. I like touch Justin, get next to him, like, this is my guy. Like, I don't, I don't, I think when you talk about ceilings, like. I don't really see. I, I I think he could be Jalen Hurts' ex. I think he could a hundred percent be that. The arm talent, arm talent wise, he has more arm talent than Hurts. Then he arguably is a better athlete. Than I was Hurts. just gonna say athleticism wise for he sure. Could, if he put, if he gets a head coach and an OC that he could put together with mentally and really developing the game mentally, I think they could be similar players. And if you build a good team around that, I think you can win every single time. I think they should take a chance and build around Fields. But the, the the team needs so much other work. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. like 
Jalen Hurts has, has had the benefit. That's what I'm of saying. So, so why? So why do we grab Caleb Williams and go through struggle if we need a bunch of work? Like he just we're putting Caleb Williams in the same fucked up situation as we put Justin Fields in. 100. percent But we have capital, and like 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 the Bryce Young debate too. We have capital. He got put in a bad. He got Bryce Young got put in a bad area too. In a bad yeah, I mean, spot. Yeah, yeah. I would say, yeah. in in a different in a different year, I think it's it's a it's a different conversation, right? I mean, if if the yeah, Bears are if, if the Bears are in this exact situation, but it's last year, yeah. I don't think they're debating shipping Fields to draft uh, to draft Bryce Young. Like yeah. I, I think it's just the the franchise changing potential upside with somebody like Caleb Williams. I mean, he just comes in at he just comes in at with 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 I think much much higher possibilities and. Again, it's a it's a quarterback driven league, and I, I I don't know, man. Again, I'm glad I'm not a Bears fan because it's, def- it's definitely yeah, definitely yeah. a tougher spot. But again, you've made the point, dude, for like a team like Atlanta. Like Atlanta is, if if Atlanta had Brock Purdy at quarterback this year, oh, I, I I think they make they have a chance to make a run through the NFC. Yeah. I mean, that 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 roster is just loaded. The defense is so unbelievably underrated, and like Ritter single handedly lost them like four or five <laughs> oh, games. My I'm, God. Like, truly, yeah. like. I think if they had like, I, th- I think I made the joke when I was in the show with you guys last time. Like, if if Baker Mayfield was the quarterback of the yep. Falcons this year, I think they, I think they have a chance of getting to like the NFC Championship. I mean, it feels like that Drew Brees situation where Drew Brees got let go of San Diego, and like they get they get their they still get their franchise guy, and Drew Brees goes on to be another franchise guy. Like it literally feels like that kind of situation. It's like, what do you really do? And they get rid of Arthur Smith too, so possibly Falcons look to take a quarterback, and you get a new coach. Take a shot at the division, get a playoff game. Maybe, maybe the ATL is back as we uh, close out the NFL season. Want to like thank you so Stop much, it. dude. Gosh. Like for this season, Gosh. means so much to us for for be for you being here all this year. This almost the entirety of this year. Um, you know, hopefully all the 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 stuff comes out with the with the news that you told us uh, with the Discord and all that kind of stuff. Um, obviously, want to get you back on like a draft show and and that kind of stuff. And you know, again, we're 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 passing through. The, the winter months as we get towards, um, you know, golf season, like really want to get you out on, on some tea parties this summer as we <laughs> started to finally figure out the best I way to go about lab, these. Um, we got to get to the simulator. Maybe we'll check out five iron <laughs> golf, get my back loose again, start swinging some clubs. But as we wrap up the, the NFL season, like just a, a huge amount of appreciation and gratitude for what you've done for this, for us and, and this show. You've been listening and watching the All Day Everyday Show with All Day AJ and Manny Ruffin. Our Monday guy is no longer as the NFL season has concluded. Thank you so much, Kenny. We will see you for NBA and NHL. We're coming. And golf. And golf. And Don't golf. fucking golf. forget about it. And Nikki golf. Taylor, what's up, baby? Yo, I did say I was going to get a, a Canada tat if he won, so I, I, I might have to do it. <laughs> That's actually fine.